Father, again, we thank you uh, that you have given us the courage to walk into your presence. We thank you, Lord God, how we have worshipped so fully, Lord God, so fully in song, in giving, in fellowship, in prayer, in reading in your, of your word, Lord God, we are full. But yet, Lord God, in the midst of all of this, Lord God, for us here on this earth, our worship doesn't seem complete unless we hear from you. So here we are, Lord God, open hearts, tender before you today. We ask you that you would uh, pour out your word from heaven to us and allow us to absorb it, allow us to grow in it, allow us, Lord God, to be uh, what you've called us to be for we know this is your desire, Lord. So for uh, the stoniest of hearts, those hearts that are made of concrete and steel, that says nothing can get through, God, we ask you that your spirit would go and penetrate today, Lord. Have your way in our midst today, Lord God. Move in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've ever spent time cooking in the kitchen, you know what I'm talking about. I know some men say, what are you talking about? Because I don't spend any time in the kitchen. Some women probably say, what are you talking about? You haven't told the story yet. But if you spend time uh, cooking in the kitchen, like I have, uh, one of the things that you know, that sometimes you can combine, uh, there's a combination of, of, of spices and temperature, that uh, once you are in uh, that kitchen like a mad scientist uh, throwing spices and herbs and things together back and forth after a couple of hours you know uh, one thing that happens is uh, that uh, that smell begins to permeate your clothes that smell it begins to mingle with your hair and sometimes when you're cooking uh, you don't always notice it but always notice it because uh, sometimes as I'm preparing dinner, or when I prepare dinner, uh, immediately I'll go and I'll pick up my wife uh, from the train. And she will open up the car door. And when she opens up the car door, she says, boy, something smells good. And I said, thank you so much. I washed up today. Just like, no, 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 you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you must be cooking something really, really good. And sometimes that's what you'll say. Say, boy, I know you're cooking something good uh, because of the way that you smell. <laughs> Isn't that something? You see, uh, cooking with seasonings and spices, 
It causes you to eventually smell like the same thing you're working with. How do you know? Because other people can tell. But did you also know that uh, when you spend time before God, uh, you know you're spending time with God. But did you know that uh, sometimes when you spend your time with the Lord that other people can tell? Other people know that you've been praying and you haven't said a thing. Why? Because of the aroma of the Spirit that has permeated your spirit. And there is this thing about you that people know. Why? Because you have spent time before the Lord. Do people ever say that about you? Do you ever spend that intimate time with the Lord to the point uh, that the aroma of spirit and truth is just falling off of you? Have you ever spent time with the Lord uh, to the point that some folks say, would you pray for me? And they don't even know who you are. Why? Uh, because it is that aroma. But also know that if you've been hanging around garbage, that you end up smelling like garbage. In fact, Sometimes when you smell like garbage, uh, some people can tell uh, when you're a mile away, oh, they stink, let's just get away from them now. But you see, in our spiritual life, uh, when you have uh, that aroma or that stench upon you, whatever it is, uh, good or bad, uh, people can tell. And you don't know how, how or why people can tell. You don't know why they're saying these things about you, but the fact remains, you cannot change the way that you smell. Well, some of you say, well, I wear deodorant. Well, deodorant is nothing. Can you say amen? Well, let me take that back, all right? Let me back up. It helps, it helps everybody else. Can you say amen? All right. I know sometimes, sometimes teenagers, you know, they get, uh, they get into this funk. You know what I mean? Uh, 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 some adults too. Uh, but, uh, but what I'm saying is that uh, basically what deodorant does, it just, it almost like covers up. Because the moment that you stop using deodorant, you begin to smell how you really smell. Amen? How do you smell in here spiritually today? Or do you have an aroma of goodness? Do you have a scent as if you had been in the presence of the Lord? Or do you smell like you've been around darkness? Well, today, uh, we move ahead with our message on presence. And we're going to again look at this relationship with Moses and the Lord and Moses with the people. Or that relationship that was not there. So quickly, turn with me again to... Uh, Exodus chapter 33, verse 7. And I know some of you say, you've been preaching on verse 7 for the last three weeks. But can you say amen? amen. And so it is. 
question again I pose to you, what's vital? Is it the tent or is it the Lord's presence in the tent? Uh, verse 7, Exodus 33. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp. And he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the tent. Uh, whenever Moses, verse 8, uh, went out to the tent, all the people would rise up and each would stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. So again, uh, think about this for a moment. We had talked about this very briefly last time uh, with all the activities that had been surrounding uh, Moses and the movement of the Israelites with hundreds of thousands of people and their constant setup and their constant breakdown uh, that uh, uh, Moses never allowed that to be an excuse for not spending time before the Lord. Again, uh, not uh, going on vacation, not being able to get away uh, from these people who grumbled and complained about he and his wife and anything else that they could, complain, they could complain about. He couldn't get away. But yet, he never made an excuse as to why he is not or would not spend time before the Lord. And recall again uh, that they would follow the Lord by uh, cloud by day and fire by night. But looking at uh, this relationship, right, this re special relationship between Moses uh, and, and the Lord, we know that looking at a person and being in relationship with them are two different things. Can you say amen? Uh, again, looking and seeing a person and being in relationship with them, that these are two different things. Just like people who may say, well, I know Jay-Z, or I know Beyonce. You don't know nobody, right? Uh, uh, but you know uh, what they mean. What they really mean to say is that one day I went to their concert, and I was standing in the line, and, uh, and I saw Beyonce, and she looked at me, and I looked at her, and we were talking the same thing, Right? And then uh, people come off of that and say, well, yeah, uh, I met uh, Beyonce at her concert. Cause I, well, how did you meet her? Well, I was standing in line. Uh, did she know you? No, she didn't know who you were. You see, it's a little bit different from what Jay-Z would say. Jay-Z would say, yeah, I know her. Right? Because that is my wife, he would say. You see, the children of Israel they would only see the Lord at a distance. They would only see the Lord by cloud in the daytime or fire by night. Uh, they saw the Lord, uh, but uh, for some of them, they did not know the Lord. For some of us who attend church, some of us who call ourselves Christians, that we only watch all the worship that goes on. Uh, but we never uh, engage in the worship itself. So again, why didn't Moses just say, I will just talk to the Lord while we're in transit, and let's go ahead and get to the promised land? Because that was not God's best. 
God does not always want our second hands. In fact, God never wants our second hand. Uh, again, I will do this first. Right? Uh, first I'll go to work and then uh, what I decided to do, I'll spend all of my time uh, in devotion before the Lord before I go to bed at night time. Then that works for about a week. And then after a week, what happens is, oh, I'm so tired when I get home, let me just go on to sleep. So then I'll switch it again, and I'll uh, have my devotion in the morning time. Well, I can't quite get up in the morning time. I can't do it at night, so I'll do it at lunch. And then lunchtime happens, and then I'm so hungry, I just don't have time. Moses never made the excuse that he could not meet with the Lord because of those trivial things. You see, because to God, those are trivial matters. Those are not major matters. Uh, the question is, where are you spending most of your time? That's the question. So Moses uh, would go into the tent and he would meet the Lord. And uh, when he would go into that tent, that tent at that time became holy. I was definitely set apart anyway, uh, but it became the holies of holies because that's where God would show up. When any uh, U.S. president rides in a plane, uh, many of you already know that that airplane uh, is identified as what? Air Force one, uh, anytime uh, any U.S. Uh, president, we'll say uh, Barack Obama, would ride in uh, a presidential helicopter, when he was in the helicopter, that helicopter would become Marine One. It became Marine One. Now, one thing you may not uh, realize is that anytime the president is in the Oval Office, that there is a Marine standing outside of his door. When the president leaves, the marine leaves. So if the presence of the president is not there, that guard would also leave as well. You see, uh, uh, that tent uh, where Moses, uh, he named it the tent of meetings, it is a place of holiness. It became the holies of holies only, and I say only, only when the Lord showed up. But this place where the Lord dwelt was not just for Moses. It was also for his people as well. No, they could not go near, right? Uh, they could only wish or a look at a distance about what was going on. And for some people, it didn't matter whether or not uh, the tent was inside or outside the camp, or whether or not the Lord showed up. Some people go to church and may never have any anticipation, any expectation, whether or not if God is going to be there. Their primary reason for going to church for some is just for the fellowship. Well, fellowship is really good. Can you say Amen. A fellowship is a part of our faith, but it is not uh, the main hinge pin. The main hinge pin is the Lord himself. So if you don't uh, show up to church to meet the Lord, then why are you here? If you don't come to church to meet the Lord, then why are you here? Lord, is there a word for me? Or, Lord, is there something that I need to be encouraged by? Or, Lord, what is it? Why am I here today, God? 
We should always come to church with an expectation that God wants to do something special. And again, if that's not you, then maybe your heart is cold. Maybe you have a stony heart. Think about it. Countless people, they walk by or drive by this church every single day. And for some, uh, they realize that it is a church, but there is no expectation whether or not if God is going to be there. Uh, if I was going down the street and someone said, God is in the church, well, I'm not sure if I actually believe them, but if God, let's say God was actually in the church, right? Let's say if Jesus actually showed up and I knew it was Jesus that he had an appointment there, do you think I would just drive by? See, if Jesus showed up, I want to be there. Right? When the saints go marching in, I want to be in that number. Uh, when the saints appear before the Lord, I want to be in that number, in relationship. So some people could spend their entire lives doing a drive-by or a walk-by, never concerned about whether or not God shows up. They have decided in their minds that God is not real and no person, no building, no grace, no mercy, no Jesus will convince them otherwise. But in the wilderness, this is where the children of Israel were, in the wilderness some people were constantly seeking the Lord while others were only interested in the residual effects of the Lord being around. Are you in the game? Or are you only at the game? Are you in the game? Or are you only at the game? Again, verse 8, Exodus 33. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up and each would stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tents. It's very interesting that, uh, to note that everyone would rise up to watch Moses meet with the Lord. Yet they themselves were not meeting with the Lord. Isn't that something? You go and watch someone else meet with God while you just stand around. Wouldn't you want that if you knew that someone had this uh, fervent relationship with God? Wouldn't you want what they had? How do you think it feels to always be at the game but never in the game? There are only 22 players allowed on the field for every NFL football game. 11 from one team and 11 from the opposing team. While that is the case, there are still 46 active players for each game. Uh, if you add those special teams and uh, defense and offense, you know, all of 46 would not actually be playing the game at the same time. But one at one time or another, you can expect any one of them to be in the game. But then, there's another group of people at the game. They are not in the game. They are at the game. Many of them enter stadiums wearing jerseys, uh, but uh, they have jerseys of someone else. They come ready for the game to start, uh, but they have no flesh 
in the gang. They shout, they scream, they're joyous, and sometimes they are angry at the results even when the field goal is missed by the kicker. Ouch! They're passionate about it. These people are spectators. And they have no intentions of getting dirty unless they spill beer or ketchup or mustard on their clothes while they watch other folks do the dirty work. So uh, imagine, if you would, uh, hundreds of thousands of people in the, na- in the nation of Israel. Hundreds of thousands of people. And they were all in the stadium and only one person is in the game. Everyone else is just there. What does it say? All the people would rise up and each would stand at his tent door and do what? And watch. They uh, were not in the game. Uh, they were at the game. And, and just hold on. I'm not done yet. If you say, well, wait a minute. What about this? Just hold on. I'm not done. Amen? Amen. Uh, but one and only one person was actually playing the game. Day after day, week after ye- week, uh, month after month, uh, year after year. Yeah, it's, it's true uh, that you can be a fan who roots for your family.